Hello, fellow planeswalkers, and welcome to Into the Ether Vortex. My name's Ninjaboy, your guide into all the different ways you can enjoy Magic the Gathering, and how they all come together into something wild, wacky, and a little bit magical. Hope everyone's doing well out there. Uh, it's about a week into Midnight Hunt being released on Arena. I believe as I'm recording this, it's actually coming out uh, in stores. Um, I should be getting my Commander decks in the mail in, in a couple of days, I guess, at this point. Um, and, you know, we also had pre-release a couple uh, last week or so. I'm going to be talking about that a little bit this week. Um, but, of course, with every uh, core set or, or new set that comes out, uh, we have to go over the cards uh, that I'm going to be adding to my ED8 decks. Have I made any updates in the past year and a half? No. Uh, will I be making at some point in the future? Hopefully. Um, but, you know, I might as well keep track of all the updates I do want to make uh, so I can eventually make a master list when I do so. And I'll definitely let you know whenever I, uh, you know, do that major update all at once. Before that, though, uh, something not related to the new set that does make me that does have me require to make an update to one of my decks. Uh, we have a commander banning that actually affects me. Normally, I don't build commanders that I would have thought would have been problematic, but uh, with the recent uh, rules committee ruling of Golos uh, Tireless Pilgrim getting banned, my Snow Tribal deck no longer has a commander. Um, that was my five color Snow Tribal deck, uh, which you know basically I was just throwing in as many snow spells and snow and snow lands as I could. Um, Golos was really, I think, the best commander, you know, for this because, uh, you know, as being a snow deck, I couldn't really run most of the land fixing out there. So if I was going to play a mostly basics, um, you know, a mostly basics uh, mana base, which yes, the, the the new dual lands from from Kaldheim did help out a little bit, um, but you know, still being able to reliably on turn five be able to get an, you know the missing color snow basic that I might need um, would would definitely you know go a long way. Now that being said, I do recognize that yeah. Uh, by that point, it kind of turned into instead of playing stuff from my hand, um, you know, I would just end up you know just spinning the wheel every turn, uh, trying to get more snow permanence in the play, which would huh, snowball into like kind of the next uh, the next um, big thing. So you know, I, I could definitely see the argument for Golos uh, being you know kind of like the best thing for whatever for deck, especially with that secondary ability. If honestly he had had some other ability that wasn't just you know playing cards from the top of your deck for free, um, probably would have been not as bad. Uh, looking at my snow deck. So obviously I'm going to need a new commander. So looking at my snow deck, um, you know, of the of the spells I have, uh, you know, um, I have, uh, you know, 24 mana costs that are blue, uh, 13 that are black, uh, 9 that are white, 21 that are green, and 8 that are red. So, you know, obviously the one, the commander that stands out probably most, it would be um, uh, Mr. Snow God himself, um, Jorn, or Jorn, um, you know, who is Sultai Colors. Um, what would I be missing out? Um, you know, Tundra Fumarole in red, Scred, Frostbite, um, you know, Svela, Ice Saper. So, you know, red, I you know, as, as, as well... You know, some like, you know, Thermopod or Wimescale Dragon aren't super great. Losing out on, you know, Zvela, I think, would, would definitely be a, a big loss there. Um, as far as white spells I'm missing out on, I think, you know, there's some pretty good removal spells. Um, you know, on thin Ice stands out. Um, you know, Gelid Sackles. Um, so I think there's definitely, you know, I think definitely I would want to keep it at five colors. I'm just not exactly sure who should be the five-color commander at this point. Maybe they end up putting some sort of five-color snow commander. And I'm sure if in my play group I ask if I can just play Golos for my snow deck, they'll probably be good. But I guess Golos will be staying home whenever we have uh, in-person events again. Anyway, Golos banning aside, if you have any suggestions for Golos banning, let me know. Um, you know, first off, the decks as usual that don't have a lot of, that are not getting updates this deck, and you know, being the tribal player, you know, there are a lot of decks that I have that you know didn't get a, a lot of updates this this um, 
this set uh, either from the main set or from the uh, from the commander precon decks. Um, you know, we have my uh, Gr Grixis Pirates deck, uh, my uh, Green White Cats deck, my you know uh, Simic uh, Sea Monsters deck, uh, my Greenless Thopter Tribal deck led by Brea, um, Red White Dwarves and Vehicles, um, you know Naya Dragons, uh, Simic Smurfolk, uh, Red Green Hydras. Well, actually, take that back. I think Hydras might have something potentially, but no actual Hydras in the deck. Um, you know, I my my Dragon Cycle with Ramos, which is very tied to the specific cycles. Didn't get anything here. Um, still haven't, you know, still thinking about making a Dragon Tribal deck eventually, but you know, haven't gotten around to that yet. Um, of course, Teamer at Harker Tribal not being on, uh, not being on Tarkiris kind of means it's by default not going to have anything. Um, Ninja Tribal, um, you know. I, I, I thought there might be something, but I don't think there's anything active that's going to come out there. And of course, God Tribal also did not get anything. Now, you know, there are a couple... Now, you know, Midnight Hunt does have a couple of tribes. Um, now, ostensibly, the next big tribe is... Um, is, is vampires coming up in Crimson Vow, but you know there are actually you know fourteen cards in the set that that reference uh, vampires uh, or have vampire subtypes. So you know there are a couple that, that stand out. Um, just going through them, you know, first we have a slaughter specialist, um, one in the black for a vampire warrior. 3-3, three, three, uh, whenever it enters the battlefield, uh, each opponent makes a 1-1 one, one white human creature token, and then whenever a creature an opponent dies, I put a plus one plus one counter on it. Uh, you know, I'm not sure this is actually what I want to be giving. You know, it, it's one thing in like a, a one on one where you give someone a one one, um, which you could probably bowl over. But if you give like, you know, three different people a one one, that's three feet of stats you're giving around, which I don't think skills quite as well. Um, let's see. So we also have Storm Clerk, uh, Blood Thief, two in the black for a vampire rogue, two two. At the beginning of my end step, if an opponent lost life this turn, put a plus one plus one counter on target vampire control. Kind of slow. I'm not sure this is actually going to be powerful enough. But granted, I do think I will be getting at least uh, some damage in every turn if things go well. Um, next up, we have Bloodthirsty Adversary, one and red uh, for a vampire mythic, actually, with haste. Um, this one is 2-2, uh, and when it enters the battlefield, I can play two in the red any number of times, basically multi-kicker. Uh, and whenever I pay that cost one or more times, I put that many plus one, plus one counters on uh, Bloodthirsty Adversary, exile that many card instant or sorcery cards from with mana value three or less from my graveyard and copy them and then cast them any number of times without paying the mana costs. So, you know, let me just go ahead and pull up that li my list for vampires. Uh, see actually how many, um, you know, uh, um, uh, instants and sorceries, uh, mana three or less that I have. Um, you know, I mean, my deck is pretty slow. You know, a, a good number of cards below three. But, um, you know, I only have four instants or sorceries in the deck. Four instants in the deck uh, and, and, and four sorceries. So eight total. So not really going to have that many hits on this, I think. So might have to be a pass here. Yeah, two, two, two haste is a thing. But I guess it's not, you know, it's not that great. Um, let's see. We also have uh, Falcon with Pit Fighter. Uh, single red mana for a vampire warrior who, uh, when it, you know, I can pay one and a red and discard a card, sacrifice a vampire. to draw two cards and activate only if an opponent lost life this turn. Um... You know, looking at my curve, I actually, you know, don't have that many one-drop vampires currently in my list. I have Falconrath Gorger um, and, and and Indulgent Aristocrat, um, but not many other one-drops, which is pretty crucial, especially with Edgar at the helm. So, potentially putting this in and you know, recurring, uh, I guess not card draw, but but rummage or rummaging. Um, you know, yes, I have to sacrifice a vampire, but I'm making enough one-ones anyway. I don't think it's to be too much of a problem. Um, this actually, I think, might make it into the deck. 
Um, now, Famous Foragers is a bit slower. Three in the red and Spellfield, I gain. Even the opponent lost life, gain uh, three red mana. And then I can pay two in the red to discard a card, draw a card on a 4-3 body. Eh. Uh, I think the, the Falcon Wrath Pit Fighters, um, you know, car, uh, card discard and draw is a lot more powerful. Um, you know, we have Baldwin Ambusser, which I think is a nice tribal card. Two in the red, Vampire Archer, 2-2. Two, two. When I was in the battlefield, if an opponent lost life, this turn deal X up to one target creature or a planeswalker where X is the number of vampires control. If all goes well, I'm going to have a lot of vampires, so this could potentially make it in there. Um, and then we have a legendary vampire, Florian Voldaren Scion, one black and red for a 3-3. Three, three. Legendary vampire noble with first strike. At the beginning of my free combat main phase, look at the top X cards of my library, where X is the total number of life opponent lost this turn. X out one of those cards and put on the rest, rest on the bottom of my library in the random order. Play the XL card this turn, so, you know, card advance so I can dig in deeper. Um, you know, uh, what about the amount of damage I do? Not bad. I think I would definitely uh, slot this in. He's, he's legendary anyway, so he already gets a slot. And then finally, Vampire Soul Slide is just going to be another Lord. Uh, black and the red for a 2-2 Vampire Noble with Menace. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, if an opponent lost life this turn, play the plus and plus one counter on each other Vampire Control. Going the board, great. Um, and as long as another opponent, an opponent lost life this turn, each other Vampire I control enters the battlefield with an additional plus one plus one counter on it. Um, which with all of the tokens that, that, that uh, Edgar Markov is making, should go pretty well I think here. All right, the next tribe is five color uh, warriors. Um, I already talked about a couple of warriors here, you know, slaughter specialists specifically. Um, you know, I don't think that's going to make the deck. Um, now, looking at you know the other uh, warriors we have in the set, um, two others stand out. Um, Heron Blade Elite is two in the green for a human warrior one one vigilance. Uh, enters the battlefield under my control. Uh, when another human enters the battlefield under my control, put a plus one plus one counter on Heron, Heron Blade Elite, and then. Tap at X man of any one color, uh, where X is its power. So mana dork that can grow. Um, I don't know how I feel about, and, and it does have vigilance, so I can attack and then tap, um, which is pretty nice to have. Um, I only have 14 humans in the deck, so I don't know if that's enough of a critical mass uh, for this one. Um, we also have Harvest Tide Set for you, which is, you know, one in a green for a human warrior at the beginning of combat on my turn. If I control three or more creatures with different powers, it can't be blocked by creatures with two or less power. Might be in there to, to help the aggressive game plan, but also, I don't know. I, I don't know if, if, if Coven is happening enough frequently, um, if this is powerful enough. So, you know, might not get too many upgrades for wars, but those are at least worth looking at. Uh, now I mentioned earlier the Hydra deck, you know, it doesn't have any actual Hydras, but there are a couple of cards that seem Hydra-ish or fit into the deck. Uh, first up, we have everyone's new favorite Planeswalker, at least my, one of my favorites, uh, Renin 7, uh, 3 green green for a legendary Ren Planeswalker with 5 loyalty, plus 1, reveal the top 4 cards in my library, put all the lands into my hand and the rest onto the into the graveyard uh, zero put any number of lands from my hand into the battlefield tapped uh, minus three create a green three foot creature token with reach and this creature's power and toughness are each equal to the number of lands I control uh, which is the very high durability uh, minus eight return all permanent cards from my graveyard to hand get an emblem with no maximum hand size which you know I think you know, getting a lot of lands on there to trigger Omnath repeatedly and then have the extra mana to grow Hydra's bigger in the future Maybe I might make Renin Six and or Ren in general a uh, a a minor sub theme of this um, if I don't make a separate lands commander. Um, the other card that might that seemed potentially interesting for Hydras uh, was from uh, the precon deck Cubus uh, Harvest Celebrant uh, X Green Green for a legendary Tree Folk with zero zero power toughness and of the battlefield with a number of 
of plus one plus one counters equal to the amount of mana spent to cast it. So going to be at least a 2-2, two, two, right, for the green green and could potentially be higher. Um, and remove a plus one plus one counter from it to prevent all damage will be dealt. This turn to another target creature with a plus one plus one counter on it. Uh, basically, blanking damage-based removal against my Hydras, which, granted, Hydras aren't normally going to die by that. But, you know, if, if people get desperate and they chump enough, you know, I could definitely, this could definitely be an onboard trick to prevent, uh, to protect them like that. So, um, Cubist might make the deck, I think, as a form of protection um, and being very Hydra-like. Um, now those are the actual, you know, now now the, the, those are the actual decks I have built. Um, there is another deck that I have that's like kind of half form at the moment, you know, in the process of rebuilding it as I have been for the last year and a half, uh, my uh, Bant Clues Tribal deck. Um, now we have, you know, obviously Investigate isn't a major theme uh, in this set as it was last time, but there are a number of cards that they definitely did print to, you know, pay homage to it. Um, and I think, you know, the, I, I, the three, maybe four of the cards in the main set are getting in. There are two others with black in it that unfortunately won't fit in the color pie. Uh, anyway, the three card, the four, three cards, maybe four that are getting in. Uh, we have Fateful Absence, which is one in a white for an instant. Uh, destroy target creature, Planeswalker. Its controller investigates. Um, basically, a uh, a a a a, 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 a declaration in stone, um, but you know can be single target removal and is at instant speed. Um, next up, we have uh, Briarbridge Tracker, two in the green for a human scout, two three with vigilance, and it, when it enters the battlefield, investigates. So you know by default going to get in, but also becomes a 4-3 a, a uh, if I control a token, um, which I will if I have clues. Uh, and then last up, we have Adenic Pious Apprentice, uh, white and the blue for a, a legendary human soldier with lifelink. Cards and graveyards can't be targets or spells or abilities. Not super relevant. Uh, it, it's a 2-3, um, but also has Disturb, which is, you know, if it's in my graveyard, I can play uh, two white and the blue in this case to bring it back to the field transformed as Denic Pious Apparition, uh, which is Spirit Soldier 3-2 with flying. Whenever one or more creature cards are put into graveyards from anywhere, uh, investigate. Um, this ability triggers only once each turn, um, and then it'll be exiled if it removed. So again, just uh, investigate on the text box means it's getting in there. Um, the last one that potentially might get in is Secrets of the Key, which is a single blue mana for an instant. Investigate, and if the spell is flashed back or cast from the graveyard, investigate twice instead with a flashback cost of three and a blue. Blue. Um, so yeah, just more investigating going on here for cheap. Um, but yeah, now there's probably other stuff for Angels, which I don't really have a list. I didn't really feel like putting together that list. Um, uh, and then uh, you know we have Knights, um, which is you know in the positive view. But there are a couple of Knights here on the human side of things that might get in. Uh, Rem Corollos in particular stands out to me. Um, so you know this is a pretty quick episode. You know not a lot of, of things going to my existing deck. So let's talk about some uh, potential decks I'd want to build. Um, so you know one now now they're doing this thing where in the collector uh, boosters they're actually printing uh, cards that are straight to Commander and I guess Legacy and Vintage um, that are not going through standard and you know mixed feelings on that distribution model but uh, we do have a card that might be of interest to me which is Lind Cheerful Tormentor one blue black and red so one in Grixis for legendary human warlock with death touch two four uh, whenever a curse is put into my graveyard from the battlefield return into the battlefield attached to you at the beginning of the next end step at the beginning of my upkeep I may detach a curse attached to me to one of my opponents and if I do I draw two cards um so yeah, this is basically a curse commander. Um, you know, there are a couple others. I think Zer has been a curse commander in uh, in um, 
in Esper colors, and then we have the the, the Mardu one from uh, from Commander Legends that probably uh, is a, a decent curse and recurring stuff from the graveyard. This one fits into Grixis colors, which you know, looking up the curse cards, there are 39 cards uh, that have a curse subtype uh, in Magic printed up to this point. Um, going by color, you know, white uh, has six of them, uh, blue has um, seven of them, uh, black has the majority, I believe, uh, with. Um, uh, 14 of them uh, red comes up after that with nine and then green only with three so yeah really not including green in one of those three in these three so far obviously if 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 i'm playing this one i would be missing out on white which i think the biggest cards i would miss out on having here um would be overwhelming splendor um enchanted player you know from from hour of devastation the creatures enchanted player controls lose all abilities and have base power one one and and ten and and the player can't activate abilities that aren't mana or loyalty abilities which is pretty brutal uh, might be a little bit too unfun um and then we also have curse of conformity which is uh recently printed uh, non-legendary creatures in tandem player controls have base power three three and lose all creature types a little bit not as backbreaking as overwhelming splendor um but yeah, um, you know, I think, you know, uh, this is interesting. I think another sub-theme I would put into this deck would be uh, a 13-tribal deck. Um, so, you know, obviously in Innistrad, we have a couple cards um, that reference the number uh, 13. Um uh, you know, for example, uh, we have um, in this in this set alone Trix, Triska Decafile, um, you know, a Human Wizard 1 and a blue for a 1-3. Um, at the beginning of my upkeep, if I have exactly 13 cards in my hand, I win the game, paying a 3 and a blue to uh, draw a card. Um, obviously, we have Elbus Brining Blade from, you know, I think original Innistrad, which, you know, gets us a... Uh, if uh, gets us a 13-13, uh, you know, guard Unbound, and if a player loses the game, put 13 plus one plus one counters on it. Um, you know, also Army of the Damned, uh, create 13 taps to two black zombie creature tokens. Um, you know, just all of these references to 13, I think, that, you know, are integral to the deck. And, you know, I believe looking at the other ones um, that, that, you know, either have, you know, Power 13 or Toughness 13, um, most, if not all of them, are in Grixis. So I think that would be a, a cool thing to do to put together um, with Lind as a curse commander. Um, next up, uh, obviously, this is being Midnight Hunt. Well, you know, there are mixed with feelings about how well uh, Werewolves play in um, in paper uh, for, for, for Limited. Um, certainly, we finally got the long-awaited uh, Werewolf Commander, not a commander who happens to be a werewolf, but one who actually actively helped Werewolves. Um, Tovalar, Dire Overlord. Um, this is a 3-3 legendary human werewolf on the front side with one red and the green mana cost. Uh, whenever a wolf or werewolf I control deals combat damage to a player, draw a card beginning of the upkeep if i control three or more wolves or werewolves it becomes night uh obviously the day day bound night bound uh mechanic of flipping cards back and forth um and then when it becomes and then you know if i and then i can transform any number of human werewolves i control um flipping into the backside, it is uh dovalar the midnight scourge um which is a whenever a wolf or werewolf can deals combat damage to play a draw card and play x green and the red to give target wolf or werewolf plus x plus o and trample until end of turn on a 4-4 body so you know looking at the werewolf um now uh, the werewolf subtype you know there are currently 62 cards with wolves now not all of them fit into the uh red green color pair um which is obviously what you want to do here um and you know or potentially you know there's also the opportunity to do um naya obviously not with tovalor as the commander um but white you know to try to do some stacks type of x to prevent people from casting more than one card more than one card per turn um 
but you know if you, if you know the the tricky part obviously people are saying is that you know the 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 old way of flipping cards versus the new way um isn't going to be quite as consistent and and might not work super well with each other um obviously we might get some more wells printed in crimson vow um if we had vampires printed here um so maybe you might get some stuff com coming up set that might you know make enough of the new type of commander to flip um the other thing though you could potentially do uh is just run wolves uh in the background you know, there are 64 current wolves haven't checked all of all all of 64 are fit into the color pie. I know definitely some of them don't. Um, but, you know, mostly red and green. So it could potentially be mostly pick whichever flavor of werewolf you want and then just uh, fill in the blank with other wolves that might be interesting. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, definitely excited to build a werewolf deck. I've been, you know, I'll talk about this next episode, but I've definitely been running Staff and Olive's very first build of a werewolf tribal deck, which seems to be one of the most popular card uh, decks in the new standard format. So super excited for that. Um, but yeah, I think that's what I'm definitely going to be doing uh, with this, with with what I want to build from this set. Um, and of course, keep an eye for Crimson Vow for even more distance to the vampire deck. Um, anyway, uh... As I said, you know, last episode and on top of this episode, you know, rather than wait till, you know, a month and a half from now till or a month from now um, when I can talk about, you know, pre-release and I've long forgotten about it, um, I want to go and give my pre-release support this episode. So, you know, obviously last Saturday went to pre-release at Hex & Co. East, New York City here on the Upper East Side. Um you know, same place where I went for the Adventures of the Forgotten Realms pre-release. Um, definitely good to be there. Definitely good to see things in paper again. I, I only really played that one paper event for Adventures in the Forgotten Realms. Uh, still not sure if I'm going to be making out to regular drafts at Hex & Co. Um, you know, I would very much like to. It just depends on how my schedule uh, works out. Um, so, you know, as I do with most pre-releases, I end up trying to build two decks um, and do the old switcheroo, right? Play one deck that I'm more confident in in the early game, in the first game of, of the matches if I do well. Maybe stick with it or maybe just do the whole bamboozle, right? They'll start the sideboard, like, you know, I have a deck full of flyers and whatnot, and they try to decide an anti-flying hate. Well, my second deck probably doesn't have that many flyers, so uh, whatever they decide before, I'm not, you know, I'm, I, it's not in the new deck. Um, and, you know, it's honestly just a way to try to get more play with more cards um, from the set for pre-release, especially for now, it's going to be the only thing I do in paper for a while. So um, no no difference here. Um, the, the deck I would consider my main deck. So I actually started off um, with uh, a Jeskai build, largely off of, um, you know, I had a bunch of rares that fit into that. Um, you know, I had Vadvik Astral Archmage, which is one blue and a red for a human wizard. Uh, if it's neither night nor day, it becomes night or day um, when it enters the battlefield, and an instant and sorceries cost uh, one less to cast equal to its power. Um, and then whenever day becomes night, night becomes day, gets a plus one, plus one counter, and starts out as a one-two. So that was my pre-release promo, you know, the, the stamped foil. Um, I also got the Mythic uh, Sunstreak Phoenix, two red and a red for a Phoenix with flying. Same night, day, and as the battlefield becomes day. When night becomes day, day becomes night. I can pay uh, one and a red and return it to the battlefield from the graveyard to the battlefield tapped. It's a 4-2 flyer, which is obviously pretty great. Um, only issue would be that uh, I actually never ended up drawing it in any of my games. So um, kind of, you know, womp womp. Um, uh, definitely would have would have appreciated having that. Um, I also had Spectral Adversary, which is one in the blue for a spirit with fast and flying. Uh, two one. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, pay another extra one and a blue any number of times. When I do cast, um, when I do pay this cost uh, one or more times, 
put that many plus one plus one counters on it, and then phase out that any number of tar- that number of targets, creatures, or enchantments. Um, you know, and of course, I also got a Rem Corollus Star Wars Slayer, one red and a white, Human Knight, Flying Haste, two three. Uh, you know, the spell would deal damage to another permanent I control, prevent that damage, and the spell I control would deal that damage to a. Uh, opponent or opponent to control deals damage damage plus one instead so you know this one looked like uh you know let me try to do a bit of a spells e day night you know flying type flying type deck um didn't have that many spells i ended up running you know startle which is you know one in the blue minus two minus oh make a decayed zombie uh electric revelation two in the red instant uh you know discard a card draw two cards um flashback three in the red um you know revenge of the drown three in the blue for an instant bounce creature to the top of top or bottom of opponent's library they choose make a 2-2 two, two decayed zombie devious cover up 2 in the blue 2 blue blue for uh, a counter spell and you can recur 4 things from the graveyard um, and then also seize the storm 4 in the red sorcery you know create a red elemental power toughness equal to uh, the number of uh, instances of sorceries in the graveyard or in exile with flashback um, and then you can also flash it back for six in the red. Um, and then, you know, I also had some, you know, some some decent flyers, um, some spells matter stuff. You know, I had a, you know, I had a, um, uh, uh, a Storm Skrillex, uh, three blue and a red for a flying uh, Drake Horror, uh, two, four, and sorceries cost one less. Um, and whenever I cast one, it gets plus two, plus four. Um, Fanning Care is four, blue, blue, spirit, uh, when it enters the battlefield, put a card uh, with... with Flashback or disturb into the graveyard and the four four. Um, also had uh, uh for mana base. I also had the uh blue white uh slow land as well as an evolving walls as well to go with this Jeskai. You know, pretty much splashing just for Ram Corollas here. Um, so that was one deck um that I that I did kind of like you know off of my pre-release promo. Um, and the deck I would start off most often was actually this this pretty sick green black deck. Um, so you know I think the the main rare here um was old stick fingers, which is uh, X green black for a horror star star. And as the battlefield, reveal cards from the top of my library until we reveal X creature cards, put them into the graveyard, and the rest in the bottom of my library, random order. Power and toughness equal the number of creature cards in my graveyard. So you know that was a big one. Um, I had a number of werewolves, you know, Hound Tamer, um, which is, you know, uh, you know, on one side is just trample, put a plus one plus one counter, three three. Other side gets bigger and has um, you know, all all werewolves have, have uh trample um, and still the plus one plus one counter effect. Um Bordemeyer, which is just the Reach um the Reach werewolf and then Sadie Traveler which is the menace um menace one now i actually ended up having a curve that pretty much topped out at three maybe four or five um so you know in the one drop sub i had a static awakener you know the one one that can turn into a four four if i sack a creature and pay three life or three three mana um you know i already mentioned old stick fingers uh harvest tide sentry i already talked about you know the one that can be unblockable with uh with with coven vampire interloper cannot block with flying two one pestilent pestilent wolf two two that can gain death touch if i pay mana novice occultist um one two when it dies, you know, lose a life, draw a card, and Timberland guy to put a plus one plus one counter on anything. Um, then in the three drop slot, I had the three werewolves I talked about: hobbling zombie, uh, two two death touch that dies into a decayed zombie token, eccentric farmer two three uh, that can mill three cards and return a land to my hand, and then bounding wolf flash three two to help enable the uh, the werewolves. Um, and then I had you know some decent removal, right? So I had a. Uh, I had Midnight's Olivia Am- Olivia's Midnight Ambush, uh, one in the black, minus two, two, or minus 13, 13 at night. Um, you know, duel for dominance, one green fight spell. Um, 
foul play, one in the black, destroy target creature with power two or less, um, and then some other stuff, you know, tapping at the window to dig for more creatures, ghoulish procession to, you know, uh, if creatures die, make another 2-2 two -two zombie, zombie, blade brand, um, you know, to chump and, 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 and turn it into a card, howl of the hunt at the three drop slot um, to, you know, combat trick, for, especially for my werewolves, um, blood pact, uh, draw cards, um, and then I had style to be side, it was I really like three in the blue, three in the green for a pretty simple 4-4, four -four. can flashback for seven for the same 4-4, four, four. Um, and then Diagraft Rebirth, 3 black and green for a sorcery, cost 1 less for each creature that died this turn, return target creature from the graveyard to the battlefield, flash it back for 7 mana. So, those are the two decks that I ended up building. I ended up starting off with the uh, green-black deck uh, most of the time. So at Hex and Co, you know, these pre-releases are four rounds each. Uh, so first round, I went up against Eric, who had a 15-land aggro uh, red-white deck. Uh, top uh, top end is uh, Angel Fire Ignition, which is a red-white card that, you know, I think three mana can put counters on it and give it a bunch of keywords um, and swing in for a bunch of damage and life gain and then flash it back for five mana later on. Um, you know, pretty aggressive aggro deck. Um, I tried the green-black deck first, got run over. Jeskai deck second, got run over. Um, I also admittedly kept some pretty sketchy hands. Um, I think I, I, you know, either colors were off or I thought I just needed to draw one more land. I didn't um, or accident didn't. So yeah, definitely a, a, a mulliganing decision on my end. Um, that said, you know, since we finished early, we did play another game and I was able to end up taking Taking one away um, in the bonus round. Um, round two, I played against Rasan, uh, who had red black vampires. Um, ended up getting 2 1 against him. The first round, I did green black. Um, second round, I did my Jeskai deck, uh, which you know didn't didn't go so well. So I went back to the green black deck, grinded it out. You know, he went super aggressive, and, and I was just able to you know blank it and you know just get the value from recurring stuff in the graveyard and and, and, and grinding it out. Um, I ended up helping him after the deck. He actually had an Angel Fire Ignition of his own in the sideboard, so helped him get uh, put that into the deck to make it more Mardu, and you know have a little bit. More more options there. Um, really love doing that sort of thing, helping pe other people out. Um, third round, I played against Kevin, also on Red Black Vampires. Um, again, I did Green Black, but that time, the first game, I didn't, uh, I ended up not winning, uh, so I ended up going uh, to Jeskai, and then Jeskai again, um, since Jeskai won the second time. The real thing that helped here was that I was able to stabilize and get uh, my 4-4, um, my 4-4 flyer, uh, you know, in, into play, uh, which pretty much blanked a lot of his stuff, and I was able to just get in for the beat in the air um you know some of the disturbed creatures i had which i didn't talk about ended up uh coming back and, and flying over as well so yeah definitely one uh where the flyer saves the day here so i went two one um and then in round four i went up against philip um at the uh at the two one table so you know i went uh first i'll say i went oh two here uh you know philip was you know in a neo mirror match they were playing a uh, green black uh recursive werewolves um so you know first round first game grinding it out really sweaty magic i think i got a i think i got them down to like one life point or something one life or something like that uh they end up drawing a card and then you know i believe they swung in um and then i ended up uh i, I forget if they swung in and then i ended up you know not blocking sufficiently um or if i swung in and then they blocked um but either way they had a lunar frenzy which they had top decked um which basically uh killed off one of my creatures if i was attacking was the one um that would have you know dealt lethal damage and they could kill me on this on the crackback 
or um, if they had swung and I didn't block sufficiently, I did not able put up enough defenders um, that they were able to actually get through the last bit of damage that they needed. Um, so yeah, so you know, this was definitely a case where I felt that the the grindiness of the matchup meant that I probably needed to stick with the green black deck. Sided in some you know gra some graveyard hate, some stuff to exile cards from graveyards and so on, because um, they were doing a lot of recursive effects. Um, you know, bringing back werewolves, bringing back you know Olivia's Midnight Hunt um, multiple times, which is you know ridiculous. So ended up, you know, putting Graveyard Hate for that. Um, and, you know, I, I got clo super close in the second game as well. But at, at some point, they were able to stabilize and just ran away with it when they were able to, to, to cast the Ants and then recast the Ants again. Again, I got down to like one life point, got them down to like five and just couldn't close it out. But still super fun, super sweaty magic, which I really enjoyed. Um, went Ended up going uh, two and two. Um, though Unlike last time when I went two and two, I actually won four games this time, uh, which I was pretty happy with. So, yeah, got two my, my two prize packs, uh, two set boosters. Nothing really particularly of note, um, you know, Worth mentioning so but yeah that's been uh midnight hunt so far for my pre-release uh that's the cards i want to add to my decks um super excited you know definitely been grinding it out on arena i'm something like 20 drafts in it's only been one week i really loving really loving this format even if it's a bit blue black zombie dominated at the moment we'll see um that's more for next episode and you know whatever decks come out staff and all puts out um i'll try out or you know just stick with the old reliable red red green vampires maybe or not green red green uh werewolves maybe try to uh you know, put together, uh, maybe maybe make some changes to the, the Nistle deck to, to try to match the meta. I'm really enjoying the deck. Um, but yeah, uh, in any case, this podcast is nearing its resolution. Let me know what you think of the cards I want to add to my decks. Um, are there anything I missed for these decks? What decks are you interested in building for Midnight Hunt, be it for EDH or otherwise? Uh, let me know on Twitter at EtherVortexPod or via email at IntoTheEtherVortex at gmail.com. You can find Into the Ether Vortex on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and you can review on any of those podcast stores or on Podsacer.com. Links in the show notes. My architect with all my deck lists is linked under the username Ninjaboy, but with an I. Intro and Ozzy by Kevin MacLeod at incompetent.filmmusic.io. Editing production by Ninjaboy Media. Next time we go over again all the cards, how my time at Midnight will have been a month from now, all my drafting, all my constructed play. Um, but yeah, it should be a good one. Until then, may your lands be plentiful, but not too plentiful. Past turn. Mm -hmm.